Welcome back to the Call on Our Shot podcast, episode number five. You can watch us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us there. I'm Austin, joined by Logan and Sam. We got a lot to break down on the NFL week three, give our biggest takeaways. Obviously, we have our week four NFL upset picks and much, much more. But first, I got to show some love to our COS All-Stars. You can see all these people on the scrolling list on the screen. We appreciate all of you. These are the lifeblood of the channel, the real MVPs. They support us more than anyone else out there. And we just want to say we appreciate you. Our newest ones, Marcel and Ronaldo, we appreciate you guys. Now, if you want to become an All-Star, you can click the Join button next to our channel name down below, or you can find the first link in the description. It costs $2.99 a month. kind of shows your little support to the Call on Our Shot channel and kind of helps us continue to do this podcast and have a lot of fun each and every week with you guys. Not only do you get to show your sign of support, but maybe if you want to show, maybe we've been helping you make some money with our betting picks. We appreciate it. You get some cool custom emojis, a couple other perks. So we appreciate it. Click the join button down below or the first link in the description. But without further ado, let's talk some football, boys. And we got a lot to cover. Like I said, underdog picks, not only for NFL, CFB, got blind resumes, buy and sell for fantasy football players, Thursday night football coming up, the biggest traps, but we got a lot of action packed stuff going on. But first, I got to ask you guys, how are you doing, Logan? How's everything going on over there? Well, it's it's going great, Austin. Thanks for asking. And I, you you mentioned the, our, our COS All-Stars. All the time in my baseball videos, I would always shout them out. And you guys are the real deal. If you're not subscribed to our channel, we are closing in on 10,000 subs. Yeah, I, I let's know go. Austin and I... If we've, we've been, we've been tracking it. It's, it's the support on this channel is unreal. So mash that subscribe button. If you already aren't subbed, I always say it on, on every one of my videos, but you really should. What, what more fun uh, place is, is there to be on YouTube? Can't think of one. Yeah, I agree with you. And like you said, 9,000 subscribers, unreal. We can't appreciate, I mean, we're less than a thousand away from 10,000. And I haven't even told you guys, we're actually less than, I believe, 80,000 views away from a million total views on the COS channel. An absolutely mind-blowing number, but we'll get there sooner or later, maybe within a month or so. We appreciate all you guys' love and support. Sam, how are you doing, man? Well, you know, as a Jets fan, it's a tough existence. Yeah, you didn't Um, have to. We didn't didn't need that right now. (laughs) We're only two two minutes, two, three minutes in. We're at the NFL after these many weeks, kind of see where teams are, are, are vibing out wherever rankings are kind of moving every week and i feel like this past week was a big one for uh a lot of new information about how we're going to gauge teams and move them forward so it's a lot of fun just to watch how the nfl is getting getting things going no it was an exciting week in the nfl and we got a lot to break down so we'll hop right into it who do you think moved the biggest needle this weekend sam i'll let you kind of go off what you were already saying well, if you're looking at any power ranking, you know, article that came out this week, they all had what team number one, your Los Angeles Rams. And rightfully so. They had a big matchup last week against the Buccaneers, which everyone knew was going to be the number one team in the NFL going into the game. And what was the difference? Well, the Rams showed up on defense. The Bucs did not, right? They both have these great high-powered offenses. But the Ruck, the Rams are just a, a two-faced team, they, right? They've got a great offense and the great defense. And you just look at how comfortable Stafford is only three weeks into the season, his weapons, right, with Cup and Robert Woods, he's clicking. And uh, right now, I think rightfully so, that Rams team is the team to beat in the NFC and the NFL as a whole. That was my biggest takeaway. Yeah, you know, I, I like the Rams. I mean, if you've watched our podcast recently, you know I've been all in on the Rams, love Stafford in the preseason, was really hyped on them this season. And I was, I won't lie, I mean, I wasn't necessarily surprised to see the Rams win on Sunday. I was more surprised in the way they did it. And they really dominated the Chiefs or the Ram, or the Bucks from start to finish. 
it was it wasn't much of a contest after at halftime or right after halftime coming out. I think the Bucks they'll learn from that game. Obviously, they're you know like the Rams. I mean, the Rams are coming in with a whole new quarterback, just like the Bucks did last year, and it worked out well for them. But I'm not necessarily ready to crown the Rams, you know, Super Bowl champions or the NFC West or maybe the NFC West, but NFC champions as a whole but i did like what i saw out of them sony michelle looked pretty good i'm curious what they'll do with Darrell henderson when he returns because sony michelle arguably looked better than Darrell henderson has looked all all year so we'll see how they do but i gotta say it ain't gonna be always cooper cup he's not gonna be wide open every single week so they're gonna need to get bobby bobby trees robert woods involved they're gonna uh, sean Brett jackson great to see him and you know it was cool to see you know they I believe one of the reporters the Rams reporters said they were going to try to get Higby and Deshaun Jackson the ball yeah well they did that exactly they got both of them the ball but Robert Woods needs to get going he's their number two receiver although Van Jefferson coming on of late but they need Robert Woods to be active because it ain't going to be Cooper Cup show all year long what about you Logan um well first of all I'd like to address Sam uh you, you you knew this was coming. I'm pretty sure you picked the Bucks uh, uh, when we when we asked who was going to win that matchup. I don't forget these things. So uh, yeah, yeah. No, you, you, you did pick the Bucks. Right. I, I did pick the Bucks, and I I didn't say I thought the Rams. I saw this coming. I think there's a lot to learn from it now that it's happened. But no, you're absolutely right. I thought first off that the Bucks defense would be able to stop the Rams, and they just weren't able to right in any capacity. And I also thought Tom Brady, even though he had a good looking game would be able to put up more points than he did. So, no, absolutely. Like I just said, I thought the Bucks were the number one team in town coming into the week, but they absolutely didn't leave the number one team at the end of the week. So, no, I'll take what I take for that. I mean, I definitely had the Bucks going in as my, as my prediction. But, I mean, what's to not like about that Rams team? They're getting it done, like Austin said, with Sony Michelle. They're wide open at running back, right? That position can is up for grabs, right? And they're still – this high-powered offense that can put up the amount of points they did. I just don't see where the weakness is. What, what should we be concerned about with the Rams moving forward? Yeah, Cups do a regression, right? He's going to have a quiet game. But when Deshaun Jackson is putting up those numbers, that means you're deep, right? That means you're good. Yeah, no, I, 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 I look, I hear you. Like, we, we definitely the Rams are a team to be reckoned with. But if we're talking about takeaways, and you, you just mentioned the word regression, you know what I kind of thought of? I kind of thought of the Chiefs, right? I my biggest takeaway was Kansas City looking mortal, right? We we always talk about oh they got Patrick Mahomes, Pat Pat Mahomes is good enough to will them to to any sort of win. But I mean, last year that that defense was exposed, and once again it's exposed this year. Herbert lit them all up, and and you know what? In in the scoring uh, matchups, sometimes Patrick Mahomes always isn't enough. The AFC race looks wide open to me. Buffalo finally plays like like how I thought they were going to play preseason. Josh Allen just absolutely went off. The AFC is wide open, guys. This is not just Kansas City's uh, crown. There, there, there's some contenders emerging. The Browns are looking formidable. Look, watch out Kansas City. That's what I've got to say. I think Kansas City, yeah, they, they probably, you know, they're up there with the Bills. But I think they really kind of are starting to miss Sammy Watkins more than people might anticipate. People kind of forget how good Sammy Watkins was in Buffalo. He was one of the best receivers in the NFL. And then he went to Kansas City, obviously took a backseat, had some injury issues. But right now they're relying on McCole Hardman, who he's fast, but he's not necessarily a good route runner. They just only give him sweeps. And then Byron Pringle. We love Byron Pringle. I love him. But it's not necessarily – he doesn't play a lot of snaps for a reason. It's the Tyreek Hill. It's Travis Kelsey and it's Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire who keeps fumbling the ball, although he had a good game against the Chargers. Kind of weak rushing defense. But 
Kansas City did not look good. They're going to need to fix that defense. I'm curious to see. I mean, I'm not necessarily telling you to go pick up Josh Gordon off waiver wires, but curious what his involvement will be in the future because he's obviously not going to just come in and play 90% of the snaps, but they got to get something going and it's going to start on that defensive side of the ball. And that's how they're going to have to win more games. They aren't going to just outscore teams because teams like, you know, the Bills, they're just as good offensively. And even teams like the Browns even hung with them in week one. And if that game, I believe they played week one in Arrowhead. If that game was in, in Cleveland, I bet you the Browns would have won that game. Sam, what do you think about the Chiefs? No, yeah, it's interesting to see that not only are they not the best team in the AFC, they're not the best team in the AFC West, right? Arguably. Um, but I think as a Chiefs Go Raiders! While you definitely, well, I was going to say Chargers, but that's a whole <laughs> other topic. Hey, that's Monday night matchup, baby. If you're a Chiefs fan, absolutely, after week three, you did not think your dynasty team was going to be one and two. That's a given, right? However, it's not time to put the, push the panic button on, right? This is still the guys that were so incredible these last two years. It's still the same core. Yeah, sure, you don't have Sammy Watkins, but it's still the same core players. And if this had to happen, you want it to happen week two and week three, right? Kind of what happened with the Bucks at the beginning of last season where they looked very beatable. They were not a great team at the beginning of last season. You want those trials and tribulations to occur at the beginning of the season. They will learn from this. Andy Reid will scheme from this, right? Their season's not over. They're absolutely are still the contender. Um, but yeah, if this is going to happen, glad it's happening now for them so that they can learn from it and still, still have a great second half of the season. And good point. I mean, it's just like any sport. You have to get hot at the right time. It only not only applies to football, but it applies to baseball. I mean, you talk about even like the Giants, you know, the New York Giants a couple of years back when Eli Manning, they weren't necessarily, what were they, a sixth seed going into the playoffs and they ran the table, won the Super Bowl. It's all about getting hot at the right time. And you're right, that Bucks team last year got hot at the right time. Obviously, that Brady leading them down the charge, but it's all about getting hot. And sure, I mean, if you're going to lose games, you might as well lose them at the beginning of the season and towards the end, you want to go in with some momentum. So I like it. But my biggest takeaway from week three, that's the rookie quarterbacks. And I will have to be honest with you, all of them suck. I don't know if any of them are ready for prime time. Trey Lance, maybe he, he only played one, I don't know, have one snap, maybe scored a touchdown. Great for him. But Zach Wilson, you see, I don't have my Jets pennant in the background. There's probably for a good reason because I do not want to be associated with the New York Jets at this moment. They have not scored a touchdown since both of us, all of three of us were in Charlotte watching them play. I think they've kicked two field goals, scored zero points in the last two games. It's it's miserable. It's miserable being a Jets fan. That's not just Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, which we'll talk about him. We're not. I'm not going to shame him right now, but I guarantee you we'll shame him in a little bit when we start talk, talk about Thursday night football because he's on Thursday night. You talk about Justin Fields. He well, I just got an alert. He just got sacked again by Miles Garrett. That's like how bad their <laughs> offensive line was terrible. Matt Nagy, I, I don't I don't know what to do with Justin Fields, and then Mac Jones, Sam. What about Mac Jones? I know you've been hyping him up all preseason. You're like, Mac Jones, best AFC East quarterback. Yeah, well, how about them apples? Saints said, heck no, man. They just absolutely humbled the man, and you just saw him on the sidelines. Nelson Aguilar trying to cheer him up, and he's just, like, sad in his in his little seat. Yeah, none of the rookie quarterbacks have looked good, but, Sam, I want you to address your Mac Jones hype, hype whatever. I don't know why you went all in on him this offseason, off preseason, but – how do you feel about uh, Mac Jones these I days? I liked what I saw in tangibles, and I liked him in that <laughs> in that Bill Belichick system. Uh, after his first two weeks were pretty good. If anything, he needed to kind of release the cannon a little bit. Well, guess what? Mac Jones should not be releasing any more cannons, right? <laughs> any attempt to try to play more aggressively completely backfired. And yeah, that Saints team, that Saints defense, which 
we didn't really know what to think of after two weeks, first two weeks being so high and low for them. Yeah, they ate him up. And so uh, I won't mention Mac Jones for at least another two weeks. <laughs> You might well, need got, that uh, Jets performance before for him to hype him back up. So he's got a big and a, probably a good matchup against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers this Sunday night. And yeah, we'll see how he does then because they're going to make him. That's how you beat their team is force the ball deep. And we'll talk about that game in a little bit. Logan, what about you? I mean, the rookie quarterbacks, have any of them made, you know, you think, I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily throwing in the towel. I'm not saying Zach Wilson's his career is over. Trevor Lawrence's career is over. Justin Fields, arguably all three of these guys were set up for failure. Um, so yeah, it's not necessarily saying it's their fault. Yeah, no, exactly. You you hit on it. It, it. They were set up for failure. Look, what's what? What do all these teams pretty much have in common besides the Patriots? They they have bad offensive lines. They're they're running for their life. I I identified it in preseason when I saw Trevor Lawrence running for his life against backups. I was like, uh oh. Like it, it, it. These rookie quarterbacks are just trying to do too much. Uh, most of the time, Zach Wilson truly running for his life. I don't think he's as bad as every every Jet fan is just ready to burn their, their Zach Wilson jersey because you guys are a, a toxic fan base that just likes to abandon people too early in their careers at Sam Darnold as well. But I mean, this is this is just what happens when these team when these uh, teams are drafted so high, right? They're they're on bad football teams. Lots of lots of pieces to figure out. Look at look at Joe Burrow, right? They they're they're. Uh, their offensive line isn't as bad as it was his rookie year. He's starting to get a little bit of footing. That, patience, right? Trey Lance, honestly, is is in the best position to, to succeed. I hope eventually he he does uh, take over Jimmy G's spot. I would love to see what that offense would look like under Trey Lance. I think that would be exciting uh, for sure. Yeah, I don't think there's any incentive to put in Trey Lance at the moment after you've seen no, what not really, quarterbacks no. have seen, but yeah, I'm excited to see what Trey Lance does. I bet you by the end of the season he's in there at some at some point. But I'm excited to see what he can do. But, man, it has been brutal for rookie quarterbacks. But, yeah, I mean, Zach Wilson's running for his life. Trevor Lawrence running for his life. Justin Fields didn't even have time to run. He was just sacked <laughs> immediately. It was like playing four-on-four four intramural flag football. If you know, you know, you just don't have a blocker. They just start running right at you. And he's like, oh, I'm out of here. That's basically what it looked like. It was miserable not only as a – as a Justin Fields person that roots for him, but as an Allen Robinson, a David Montgomery fantasy owner, which we'll talk about them in a little bit. It was not a great week for any buff or any Chicago bear whatsoever. It was a good week for the Cleveland Browns defense, but we're going to move into our week four. We're going to push that past. We got some big matchups to talk about in week four. We're going to start with our underdog money line picks. Now last week, only one of us cashed. It was Mr. Sam. So congrats to you. I would like to say I've already talked about it last week. I'd like to say my public regrets. I picked the Chicago Bears to upset the Cleveland Browns. Um, yeah, if you don't know, they did not win. If uh, you haven't uh, listened to the rest of the, the last couple minutes, yeah, they did not win. And Logan, you were so, so close. I, I, I'm a, I wanted you to cash. Dolphins obviously lose in overtime. They did cover. So, you know, you at least got something out of that. But just missed. A great call, but just missed. You know, it, it was Jacoby Brissett. It was the Dolphins that we're talking about. But hey, Sam, we'll let you lead it off since you cashed last week. You moved to two and one. I'm two and one. Logan, one and two. But I have a faith you'll get back after it this weekend. Sam, who you got this weekend? Your week four upset pick. Well, you know, I tell you, the odds are not great at only plus 124, but I like the Lions over the Bears. The fact that the Bears right now would be considered the favorite in any game, considering <laughs> the performance that we just saw. I mean, Justin Fields looked downright terrible, right? There, there was just no scheme. Matt Nagy is probably going to get fired in the next two or three weeks <laughs> versus looking at a Lions team that kept it very competitive with the Ravens, right? And if not for Justin Tucker and his miraculous leg, would have won that game. So, you know, I just think, yeah, the Lions, 
I said it last week. They're angry for a, or hungry for a win. They're hungry for a win this week. And what better team to score on than, than the Chicago Bears right now? So, again, not great odds, um, but I like the Lions over the Bears. Yeah, we'll talk about this game a little bit more because I do think it is a trap line, and that's another segment. It's like a we'll talk about this in a little bit. So I'll give you my thoughts on that one. Logan, I'll save you for last. We're going to move to my underdog pick. I'm going to go with the Seahawks, plus 132 versus the 49ers. Like Sam noted, there's really not a lot of great picks here. You either get a lot of plus 100 to plus 150, maybe plus 190 kind of winners, but or you're taking like plus 390, like you're taking the Jets or something like that. And I'm not going out on that limb. I did that last week, picked the Bears, and I, didn't, I regretted it immediately. Now Seahawks plus 132 versus the 49ers. Now you look at it, Russell Wilson, he has owned San Francisco they had the last seven matchups. I believe he's played them nine times in his career, but the first two of his career, he didn't really, it was just a new guy into the NFL. Last seven when he's playing at San Francisco. Yes, on the road when he's at San Fran, not in Seattle. He's six and one in his last seven games at San Fran. I think he makes it seven and one. Seahawks coming off a brutal loss. They, they got blown out by the Vikings. Did not look all too well. I think Russell Wilson bounces back and gets a win this weekend. Just because I think that's what Russell Wilson does. He wins, and that's what 49ers fans have been watching for the last seven years of their life. They're going to get another one this week. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's a, that's honestly a, a really good pick. And like you said, it was it was really hard hunting for value. I mean, Seahawks 132. I'd feel very comfortable uh, putting some of my own money on that. But my underdog pick, like you said, I, I got to go to the other end of the spectrum. I got to be Fortin in the plus 200 range. And it is my homework pick Carolina Panthers plus 190 versus the versus the Dallas Cowboys look everybody's just ready uh, to to say the Dallas Cowboys are going to run away with the NFC a lot of people I just want to crown them uh, Dallas Cowboys get the most media coverage out of any NFL team and and everyone's sipping the Dak Prescott Kool-Aid but watch out Carolina's defense is really good they they will keep this game close and and yes Carolina doesn't have Christian McCaffrey. I'm well aware of that. I was, I was in my feelings last Thursday. I went to bed depressed because I was like, I don't know how, how many games this, this man's going to miss. He is the Carolina Panthers offense. But, I mean, if you look at the line, I mean, it's, it, they're, they're not expecting a Dallas blowout by any stretch of the imagination. So if the defense can keep this close for Carolina, you're giving me plus 190 uh, at, as, at, with a really good defense and, and Sam Darnold, who's been playing really great, some good weapons out there. Is the Dallas defense due for some regression? I say yes, right? They've been playing really good, but their, their injuries and, and lack of depth is going to come in to play, like I said, outside shot, Carolina Panthers. Yeah, so you're saying there's a chance. What's up, well, Sam? I was going to say, I agree with you, Logan. I like the pick. Anything at high value where there's a chance like that, I mean, there's just so many unknowns. Look at last week. Beat, what does beating the Texans and beating the Eagles mean right now? doesn't mean a lot, right? I mean, how are you going to gauge your team? So, yeah, I don't think that the Cowboys are necessarily this blazing team that everyone wants to now, you know, crown them as. So I agree. There's unknowns with the Panthers offense. Absolutely. You know, I mean, wins against the sorry Jets defense and the Texans doesn't necessarily mean Donald's back. But if he can and he can scrape it together, I like the I like the value there. I agree. I know I, I, we, we bashed you and I, maybe that's us backpedaling. We don't want to get shamed in week five, our next week's <laughs> podcast, right? You know what? We, we learned our lesson. Heck no, we're, no we'll, we'll side with you, Logan, and then we'll clown you next week when they get blown out. But I, I actually kind of like the pick. I think the Cowboys, this is a game they lose because they looked way too good the last two weeks to beat the Chargers team, actually manhandled the Eagles on Monday Night Football, coming off short rest. 
this is a game the Cowboys lose because that's what they do to their fans. They'll come in, they'll be a two and one. People are like, all right, yes, we're looking good. Washington football team, terrible. Eagles, terrible. Giants, absolutely terrible. We're running away with this division, and then they lose just to make everyone 500 or worse. That's called the NFC East, my friends. And so I would not be surprised if the Panthers lose because that or Panthers win because that's just how this works. And so I like to pick, and I'm riding with you, and I hope it really cashes for you. We'll move on. Week five. This is from Elite Kid. He asked me a couple questions, but we're going to take his one that he gave us last week on Twitter. Ask for our underdog college football pick a week five. Now, Logan had you opt out, and thank goodness we had you opt out of the podcast because FAU did not show up. I don't know. What, they forgot they had a game. But Sam and I were close. Well, I was. I nailed mine. I got Wake Forest, nailed it, 20-point victory over Virginia. They're a five-point dog. Boom, cash it. Now I'm moving for another pick this weekend. I'm going East Carolina Pirates, plus 160 at home, taking on Tulane. I got a couple different things for you. For starters, AAC. No team really should be favorites in the AAC with all the bottom half of the teams. I mean, even UCF shouldn't be favorites. It should be like Cincinnati and then a pick them for every single other game because that's basically what it is. But also, as you guys know, I was in Virginia this past weekend and I went on a hike. I went on a hike. It was very elevated. You know, I was going up a hike, got to the top and I was just up there chilling. Very good view. It was in the clouds and I was just chilling with there. And at, at, at the top of the hike, there was three ladies and they, uh, and I asked them to take my picture, I ended up chatting with them. And they were, you know, in their forties, they were on, they were high school or college alumni. Where did they go? East Carolina. So boom, hammer it. I'm taking it. Sign, taking East Carolina pirates plus 160. Hammer it. All right. All right. All right. Can I ask more of this story? Were they, did they give you some hallucinogenic <laughs> mushrooms? What, what was going on? What sort of spiritual awakening were you on to pick the I mean, e- ECU I, pirates? <laughs> I was wearing tie dye. So they might've assumed that I might partake yeah. in those, uh, festivities but no they were just very kind and wholesome women that were just traveling to lynchburg and just doing some hiking and actually one of them if there's absolutely zero chance negative chance they're watching this but one of them is going across a country next year to like zion glacier national park if you don't know i love going traveling so i got to talk to them about it but no they did not offer anything it was just a nice wholesome uh, interaction and i got to take some pictures of them they got to take some pictures of me talk about east carolina and I was looking through the slate. I obviously don't follow college football as much, much as NFL, but I'm all in because I saw them and I was like, you know what, AAC, anything can happen. I'm taking them. Now, have they looked good this season? No. But that is irrelevant. It's AAC football. Well, look, what it's going to come down to is a, a bad ECU offense versus a not great Tulane uh, defense. I mean, I'm looking at the stats right now, Austin. You've got yeah, you ECU's offense at uh, 81st in score, total score. 94, 94th in rushing yards. That's not great one bit uh, to, to put some faith in the Pirates. But look, redemption, I, like I said, the, the redeeming factors is just how bad Tulane's defense is. 123rd in scoring defense is, is atrocious. So there's definitely a chance. Like, like, like you said, I mean, do you, do you love the pick? Are you going to put your next paycheck on it? No, but no. there's an outside chance. And you cannot, when, when you're picking college football, Home field advantage plays a lot bigger uh, role than than it does in the pro. So can't I can't hate on you there one bit. I appreciate it. That's all I need to hear from you. I was already confident <laughs> in it, but those stats made me over the moon, and so I'm locking <laughs> it in. Put your next paycheck on it. East Lock Carolina it. Pirates, Pirates, locking it in. Logan, you don't even need your upset pick this week, and I already got you one. Boom, Sam, move on God, to yours because you were close last weekend. Sam, gotta admit, man, we were. I was rooting for it because, like I said in the video. I was going to pick Nebraska before you made me switch to Wake Forest. 
And Nebraska was so close, lost in overtime, obviously. Probably should have won, arguably, but they did not. Sam, who are you riding with this weekend? Yeah, I will say Nebraska did cover the spread, only lost by three. I think it was sitting at four and a half before the game started. And, yeah, I hate to see them lose a, a game like that in overtime. when they have here's, the your, here's your participation trophy. Right, exactly. Uh, this week, I'm moving forward. A little related to your, your win last week. Uh, last week, you picked Wake Forest, like you said, in that upset. This I'll week, pick I'm again. against them. I like Louisville. Great value here, plus 210 over Wake Forest. Um, you know, Louisville right now, I think they're sitting at three and one. Wake Forest is undefeated. They're ranked now. I think they just cracked the top 25. But last week's Louisville win against FSU doesn't really mean much. But the week before that, they played my homer UCF Knights and they got a good win. And what's to say about Louisville? Well, their quarterback, Malik Cunningham, he's fun to watch. He's got some of those Lamar Jackson-esque tendencies. And um, I think he puts up an offensive style that a lot of defenses don't really know how to scheme against, right? He's, he's kind of that explosive weapon. And for that value, I like them over Wake Forest this week, who's definitely due for some regression because um, they're Wake Forest. They're not exactly a football program. So hey, whoa, I'd like whoa, whoa, to see whoa, them whoa. come down and Louisville get the W this week. I need to oh, be one and one at least. I can't be sitting 0-1 right now in college football underdogs. Sam, um, I appreciate you, but I do want to point out a couple things. Uh, Wake Forest, his quarterback, name is Sam. Does that have any weight? And his last name starts with an H, like yours. And he was born in Charlotte. Not that you were born in Charlotte, but I think that might just sway your – you. I know you love Charlotte, so I'm just saying I don't can't say I hate the pick, but I will not be rioting with you because I'm a big Demon Deacons fan. Logan, what are your thoughts since you obviously yeah. watch college football a, a little bit more than Sam and I? Yeah, though I, I watch a lot of college football. This, this matchup stylistically does not favor Louisville one bit. I mean, Louisville's defense is bad. B-A-D yeah. with a capital B, right? 90, they're flirting around the hundreds and against passing yards and rushing yards, 93rd and actually each of them. If, if, this, if this upset pick's going to happen, it's going to have to be Louisville's defense. It just miraculously gets better over time. Wake Forest defense is pretty solid, uh, right? Lee Cunningham's just going to have to be Superman. He's going to have to put the team on his back and, and just build them to victory. That's asking for a lot. Um, but look, 210, I, I've seen crazier picks. And heck, last week I picked a, a pick so bad that I don't even want to relive it. Uh, <laughs> FAU, I, I mean, come on. They're, they're just, Holy! They're, they are they are trash. They they made I had a, a few people that that on YouTube told me they were writing. I'm sorry, I sold you bad information. I I don't know what to say. They just they forgot they had a football game and they got crushed by a, a service academy. What are you gonna do about it? So, I, I'm not gonna tell you you're crazy, Sam. I I do like the value on it. <laughs> you know, uh, Sam, we'll let you live with it. Well, well, no more comments on Wake Forest versus Louisville. We spent enough time talking about Wake Forest for the rest of the season. So we will uh, chalk them up and put them in the trash. Moving on, and we're going to talk about – I'm going to give you some blind resumes. Moving back into the NFL week four, we're going to talk about some blind resumes. And I have not told you guys either of these, so I'm going to walk through them. I'm going to have you guys just name the player so or name the players. So, and then we can talk about their teams or how they're doing so far. So quarterback one, we're going to talk about two quarterbacks. Quarterback one. Thrown for 1,200 passing yards, six touchdowns, two interceptions. He's the league leader in passing yards, and his team is 3-0, whereas another guy thrown 918 passing yards, eight passing touchdowns, zero interceptions, and his team's 1-2. Do you have any idea who those two QBs are? Uh, well, let's see, eight touchdowns, one and two. Could that be Mahomes maybe? I don't know, just going off record. I don't know if he has that many throwing touchdowns. 
It is not. It is Kirk Cousins. He's had a great start to his year, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. And what do you think about the Vikings? That's why I want to bring this one in because the first, I'll talk about the second one. This isn't necessarily, you know, uh, this guy's doing this good. Patrick Mahomes is doing this, but this guy's doing so much better. These guys are both doing very good. There's a lot of QBs doing super well this year, but what is your kind of takeaway on the Vikings this year? Because they're a one and two team, but you could argue they're probably one of the better one and two teams in the NFL. It could even be two and one, three and oh, if, if a couple of things bounce their way. Yeah, no, I mean, they're definitely, they had to look a decisive win last week. That's got to boost your confidence when you can be the Seahawks team that I, I, you know, ranked higher than I guess maybe, maybe I should have. But I, I mean, I like the offensive weapons, right? I mean, Kirk Cousins, they were getting it done with that, with um, Dalvin Cook out last week, right? Alexander yeah. Matheson was, was a plug and play starter. He got the job done. So they put up that many points without their number one running back. That's impressive. Um, Justin Jefferson's having a great sophomore year so far. I mean, he's a stud. So, yeah, I think they have the offensive weapons to go toe-to-toe with, you know, most defenses. The question is, is just Kirk Cousins. Will he, you know, really ever thrust into that top-tier elite guy? He's flirted with it before. I just don't know if you can count on them, you know, him every week. Logan, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, w- I'm, I was really impressed with their offense. You, you, you mentioned all those weapons. Adam Thielen, come on, you got to mention him, right? Adam Thielen, just, he's so quiet in how he does it. He's, just always, he's always open in the end zone. I, I don't know how defenses always forget about him, kind of like Cooper Cup. I, I don't know, just similarities there for sure. Uh, but it's that defense. Did you see how they were getting pressure on, on Russell Wilson? That was extremely impressive to me. Uh, one of their biggest you know, weaknesses last year was their defense. Their, de- their defensive backs were just trash straight up trash they, they couldn't defend anybody but get, getting pressure pressure on Russell Wilson who, who's like a Houdini in the pocket he always escapes well Minnesota contained him and and looked impressive doing it for the most part that's why I, I definitely th- I think Minnesota they're live right we always thought this was going to be Green Bay's uh, runaway division maybe not maybe, maybe we got to think twice about the Vikings yeah, I like what the Vikings are doing. The other quarterback who's thrown for, do you have any clue who leads the league in passing yards? I guess that's my one question because that's what he is, and his team's 3-0. Um, uh, I don't know. My guess would have been um, maybe Stafford. Nope. Logan? Uh, I got Derek, no. Derek Carr, currently no, the true. Raiders, 1,203 passing yards, averaging over 400 a game, which I don't think is very sustainable. But what is your kind of outlook? And we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I thought it was cool. We'll talk about this Raiders kind of team in a little bit and one of the big matchups for week two or week four. Um, Here's another blind resume for you. One of these, we're going to talk about two receivers. One of them has 15 receptions, 239 yards and two touchdowns. Another one has 16 receptions, 220 yards and two touchdowns. Both very identical uh, kind of stat lines, both wide receiver 15 and wide receiver 17. However, one was drafted in the top 10 of wide receivers, and one was basically undrafted. Any, any clue who won the one in the top 10 is? Mm. He has 16 receptions, 220 yards, and a touch, two touchdowns. Could that be like a, like a Julio-type range? He's had a good season so far. I don't think he's had 16 receptions. That would be DK Metcalf. Okay. So mm. he's had an okay start to the season. But the other one, Arizona Cardinals wide receiver, Christian Kirk. So yeah. Christian Kirk, they're ba- he's wide receiver 15 in fantasy football right now. Are you buying that? And we'll we'll talk about buy and sell, but he can be the first one. Are you buying what Christian Kirk's doing so far? He's had 70-plus reception or receiving yards. I don't know exact his exact numbers, but he's had a very good start to the NFL season. I think he got 11-plus fantasy points in all three weeks. 
I'm not buying that, and I'll tell you why. There are too many wide receivers. There are too many good wide receivers on that team. And when you're looking three weeks in, who was gone or who basically was gone last week? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He was just a decoy. Yeah, he played, yeah. but he really wasn't healthy enough. So absolutely ate into his target share. And some of the other wide receivers, A.J. Green, uh, who else am I missing? They're, they're just so Ronda many weapons more. right now. I need to see that continued, you know, productivity for a couple more weeks before I'm buying on Christian Kirk. Yeah, we'll have to see what he does this weekend. A big matchup against the Rams, and we'll talk about that in a second. My last blind resume, this is just rushing yards. One of these players has 40 carries, 123 yards, 3.1 yard per carry, zero rushing touchdowns. The other one, 35 carries, 122 rushing yards, and 3.5 yards per carry. And he just scored two touchdowns this weekend. Any clue which one's which? Hmm. Hmm. Well, just scored two touchdowns. That narrows it down a little bit. Could it, could it be Zeke? It is not the first one, 40 carries, 123 yards, and zero touchdowns. That's Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Doesn't come yeah. as a surprise. Not been doing very well in the running game, making a lot of his value in the receiving game. The other guy who has 35 carries, 122 yards, two touchdowns, ex-dealer, James Conner. So yeah. we'll see. I'm not, not necessarily <laughs> saying trade Najee Harris for James Conner. That's absolutely ridiculous, but it's interesting comparison. I thought it was kind of cool to look at. But we'll transition into some buy and sell. We're going to talk about players that you should buy in fantasy football, players you should be looking to sell. And we'll go from there. Sam, we'll start with the first one, A.J. Brown, wide receiver 68 so far. Obviously, if you started him this week, um, you might as well have just not started a wide receiver. You had one catch, if that. Um, But he's week to week. He obviously left in the first quarter with an injury, week to week with a hamstring injury. Are you buying A.J. Brown thinking, you know, well, his stock couldn't be lower right now. There's absolutely, I mean, he's injured and he has not produced a wide receiver 68 through three weeks. Are you buying or are you trying to sell him, cut bait, get at least a couple pennies on the dollar? You'll get probably like 50 cents on the dollar. But what are your thoughts? Um, no, if I'm having him, I'm holding on to him. I'm not ready to ship him off just yet. But uh, no, I'm not really interested in buying on him low. I think I just need to see more from, from that Titans team, kind of see if, if their offense is legit, same as last year or not. So is it kind of like a you're just kind of if you have him, you aren't selling him for 50 cents on the dollar. But if you're going out, you're not necessarily going to buy him. And at, like if Logan has him, you're not going to reach out and at, give Logan a trade or maybe you're going to try to lowball Logan, see if maybe he's ready to cut bait. I mean, what are your thoughts? Well, no, I just yeah, I don't think I'm confident enough that he's definitely going to return. Right. And but there's a chance he would. So, you know, if I was dead set that no, this is continued, you know, his productivity is that line for the rest of the season. Obviously, I'm going to cut loose with him. Uh, just too many unknowns. And he's, if, you know, bring in fantasy, you probably spent too much money of him or too high of a draft pick on to cut loose after week three. So I'm, I'm sticking with him. I, I think he'll bounce back. Um, it's just unknown to what degree. So that's why I, on him, I'm certainly not selling um, yet. I'm a stick and put on AJ Brown. Yeah, I'll give you the next one, Logan. But my last kind of closing thoughts is if you're 0-3, I wouldn't mind trading um, if you need to win, because if you're starting to get 0-3 and you need to start piling together some wins, A.J. Brown could be out not only this week, could be out next week. And then when he comes back, who knows if he is A.J. Brown of the last couple of years. If you can get something back for him that's decent, you're not going to get like a Mike Williams or someone like that, but maybe another star receiver that's not necessarily too and too hot. I wouldn't mind trading him, but you're not just going to say, you know what, I'm going to trade this guy for, I can't even think of a comparison. Um, like. Like, and I'm not going to just go out there. Hey, you got Allen Robinson. Give him to me. And I'm not necessarily high on Allen Robinson, which I'll transition into the next guy. Cause Logan, 
We're going to go a little out of order here. I'm going to give you Allen Robinson. Are you buying Allen Robinson? You selling him? What are you doing with him if you have him on your roster? Ooh, yeah. I, I mean, I love me. I always love me some Allen Robinson in years past, but no, I got to sell it. And it, it's, it really just comes, it comes down to, to the Bears. Like the Bears' offense is, is pretty hapless. I, I don't know. We, we mentioned the offensive line. He's running for his life. The target share, I mean, you, you just, you expect more. Uh, production from Allen Robinson, probably where you got him. You, you, you're, you're pretty disappointed. I'm saying, I'm saying ship him off. Like, whatever dignity he has left uh, with his value, I would try to, I would just try to get uh, capitalized on somebody saying, oh, it's still Allen Robinson, right? The big name. I, I don't see good things ahead for the Bears. Sam, you already mentioned that Matt Nagy, he's probably, he's probably getting shipped out of town now. Is, is that a good thing maybe for his value potentially? Yeah, I don't know. There's just too many unknowns for sure. I, I, if I have him on my team, I'm trying to see anybody in my league. Would, would you give me anything for him? Uh, that's where I'm at on him. Sam, you have Alan Robinson. What are your thoughts? No, I think I agree. And, and this is uh, upcoming week will be the first one where I probably keep him on the bench, actually, because I've seen enough from that offense. I mean, if Justin Fields is the guy you're going to ride with for the rest of the season, there's going to be some ugly weeks looking ahead. And while I love Alan Robinson and what he's done in years past, the situation right now is just not conducive for him. So, I mean, if you can find the right position if someone's willing to take a flyer on him, I, I'd, I'd cut loose on him just because I think I've seen enough and I, I know how this one's going to go that, yeah, no, I don't like his future, at least this season with, with, with the Bears. Yeah, maybe I'm more bullish on Rob or uh, Allen Robinson than you guys are. I do think he has a promising – I think he's going to have a good week this week, and they're playing against the Detroit Lions, not necessarily saying too much. They did look better on defense this past week, but I think he's going to have a good week this weekend, and I, I hope he does for his sake because this guy's in a contract year. I think things are going to turn around. I think they have to, or else Matt Nagy, like Logan said, he's going to be shipped out of town. If, if it, it doesn't get better than what they did last week, which I don't know how it could get worse. I think Allen Robinson do for a good week and he is wide receiver 67 in fantasy football leagues. Speaking of another wide receiver close to him, Robbie Anderson, wide receiver 69. Logan, I'll let you start with him or yeah, Logan, you start Robbie Anderson. I know you have him in our league. He started it this past week. Were you happy with what you got? No, I, I do. And I, I was very disappointed with what I got, but, but they, I, I, I'm preaching patience on Robbie Anderson. If you have him like I do, Look, his, his value right now is just not something that, that you get anything for. He, 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 he gives you a lot more value later on. Sam Darnold targeted DJ Moore a ton in that game. It's because that's what the Texans were doing. The Texans did two high safeties, and they said, Robbie Anderson is not getting deep on us. So DJ Moore feasted and feasted, right, predictably against that defense. So it just it's going to be a week-to-week thing with Robbie Anderson. Now, I'm going to need more targets, right? He's, Sam Darnold isn't even looking his way. I think when they go into the film session – and uh, they're definitely going to say, hey, you know, Sam, we're, we're going to get Robbie more involved, uh, especially with Christian McCaffrey going down. I mean, this is this is probably going to be a little bit more of a pass happy offense than than a, than a lot of teams. So I think Robbie Anderson's value uh, is is definitely going to rise. And and now, now are you going to go out and trade for him? Probably not. Just you, know, you need to see more. But if you got him, don't don't hit the panic button yet. Robbie Anderson's uh, an interesting player because I had a lot of expectations for him this year. I mean, he was on my like guys that I thought was being underdrafted and he has not performed. If you've been starting him, you basically might as well not have been starting him. If it wasn't for week one, he caught that long touchdown against the jets. But I do think you kind of, you can't push the panic button because you're not going to get anything for him. You basically just put him on the bench or you drop him at this point. I don't think he's worth dropping in leagues. I think he's another guy like Allen Robinson 
the coaches are going to get him the ball. He's too talented. They have too much invested in this guy, although the Bears have not paid Allen Robinson, but he's their, one of their better receivers. I think they're going to get Robbie Anderson the ball, and I think that starts this weekend against the Dallas Cowboys. That's my assumption. But, Sam, move on to you. I'm going to start with another wide receiver, Robert Woods. I know you're a big Cooper Cup fan. You got him in our league, and you're using and abusing him. But his counterpart, Robert Woods, are you buying uh, Robert Woods or are you selling him? I'm buying hard on Robert Woods, and now is the time to do it, right? Because he's been a little quieter his first couple of weeks and because Cooper Cup has gotten so much love from Stafford to start the season. But we know fantasy football. We know that's not sustainable. Cooper Cup's not putting up 30 points every week. Look, if he does, I'm not arguing because I'll ride his butt to the fantasy football <laughs> championship. But we know, we know that's going to equalize. And we know Robert Woods is going to be Robert Woods of years past. And so if you see someone now who doesn't really remember what he's done in years past or how good he can be, and you have the opportunity to get him on the low, buy Robert Woods because this will turn around. This will equalize. And, you know, Stafford's still learning the offense. He's only be, going to become more comfortable with Robert Woods. And especially as teams now try to scheme defensively against this Rams team, what are they going to see? They're going to see, okay, we got to stop Cooper Cup. There's going to be opportunities for Robert Woods to get some of that target share and absolutely, you know, increase his fantasy productivity from what we've seen so far. Yeah, I won't say much on him because I want to keep moving through him, but I would be surprised. I want to, I haven't looked at Robert Woods' target share so far through three weeks. But I guarantee you it's probably, I don't know, 10, 12%. It's terrible. And he's been the guy that's averaging, averaging a large target share with his Rams career, like 23, 25%. So I think they got to get the ball to Robert Woods. And I think he's going to be a big buy low candidate right now. Another guy that, you know, is on a weird kind of cusp. He's running back six. It's Ezekiel Elliott. Logan, are you happy with what you're seeing out of Zeke? It's not necessarily, are you buying Zeke? Are you trying to sell him after a good week? Are you kind of hopeful? What, what are your thoughts on Zeke Elliott's future in this season yeah no Zeke's a good one to talk about because after the first few weeks I was ready to hit the panic button I regretted everything I'm like why did I why did I target him high in my draft but you know last night we 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 saw we saw exactly what we wanted we saw him being the goal line back now is Tony Pollard gonna go away no Tony Pollard's not gonna go away he's here to stay and he's here to eat into Ezekiel Elliott's workload but that's not necessarily a, a bad thing. I, I think Zeke, as the year goes on, this is a team. Uh, look at their offensive line. It, it starts up front. This is a great offensive line. They're gonna they're gonna feed Zeke. I, if you if you've got Zeke, you know what? Maybe maybe if maybe there's a Cowboys fan in your league or something, you just want to capitalize off of his big game. Go for it. But if if you've got Zeke, you're you're like this is why I drafted him, and you're and you're staying put. Now I I think his value over over the year or over the season will definitely go down though he's not a two touchdown type of running back a game if it would be cool if he was but I I, I don't think so I I think I think he's he's kind of at his peak right now in value wise so maybe maybe you do unload him if you have him and and have good running back depth I think it goes to show you how weak running backs are because no matter you know if Zeke was even if he just gave you 12 points last night, you probably you can't do much about it because running backs are just that shallow. There's probably, I don't even want to go through them. There's probably 10 to 12 running backs that you can start and feel confident about them. Even like a guy like Antonio Gibson. I know you have him, Sam. He scored all his points on one play. I don't know his final total, 16-something points. And he had, what, 13.3 of them on the 73-yard. If you don't even count the reception, which was another point, half a point, depending on what league you play in. There's not a lot of running backs out there. I think if you got Zeke, you're keeping him. Unless, you know, like you said, if you could trade him for, I don't know, would you do, I'm just going to throw out a trade. Would you do Zeke Elliott for Nick Chubb? Um, 
No, because they've got Kareem Hunt. They they love Kareem more than the Cowboys love Pollard. So I I'd say that. Sam, would you do that trade? Um, no, I I think there was a lot of hate on Zeke to start the season. I think he's due for a, a prolific year. So uh, no, I'm not I'm not trying to ship him out now for the uh, for a hot dollar. I think he's going to be the guy. Um, well, where do you draw the line? What about Aaron Jones? Um, I mean, I like the versatility of what. Aaron Jones is going to do on fantasy catching and running. Um, so only because I am a Packers diehard, apparently on this channel. You <laughs> like would have gotten into that. Jones. But I mean, that's stud for stud. That's blue chip for blue chip. So, I mean, you're not really taking too much of a risk on something like that. So yeah, no, I I'd do that for sure. Okay. Yeah. I think that's kind of the range I would probably put him in into that same like Aaron Jones. I think Austin Eckler kind of range. Um, yeah. I'd probably prefer Eckler just, from an upside sake over Zeke personally, but uh, Austin is just a great name. So super, um, but we're going to move on. A final guy, buy, sell, Stefan Diggs. If you drafted him, you aren't necessarily, and we'll talk about DeAndre Hopkins. If you draft them, you know, you are okay. You know, you talk about, we'll start with Diggs. Wide receiver 28 on the year, less than 70 yards in all three games. Now the targets have been there, 10, 8, 13 targets, but are you concerned if you have Stefan Diggs? Uh, Sam, I'll let you start. Um, I'm not because I think the bills were a little slow out of the gate. I mean, it looks like Josh Allen, you know, didn't really have his first true big prolific performance until this past week. Granted that didn't immediately translate to a crazy good Stefan Diggs day, but I think that's going to mean that's due to come in the future. So no, I mean, yeah, obviously you, he could be, you know, first round draft pick or second round draft pick in a lot of leagues. And you, you like to see that guy perform more than what you just said, but with that said, I think he's, he's due for a, a, um, a comeback and, and that he'll still be a wide receiver one by the end of the year. What are your thoughts, Logan? Since I know you watched a lot of that game, you obviously start Josh Allen in our league. Yeah, so. yeah no, I, I, did, I did watch a lot of that game. And I don't know, man, the, the, targets, the targets are there and the production's not there. This, this Bill's offense is kind of, it's kind of weird, right? I, early on, I couldn't figure it out. They were, they were running the ball a lot. And I was like, this isn't the Buffalo Bills from last year. But they, they've got they've got some mouths to feed on, on that offense for sure. Cole Beasley um, and, and even they get some Dawson Knox involved. I mean, Emmanuel look, Sanders. I, yeah, man, Emmanuel Sanders. So can we talk about that emergence? Right. That that kind of seemingly kind of came out of nowhere. I, I don't think where you drafted Stephon Diggs, you're feeling great about it because you look around the league and you're like, there's, there's you know, there's a lot of wide receivers out here that are performing. And I drafted Diggs pretty, you know, pretty high if, if you're in that position and I don't know. I, I the targets are an encouraging sign uh, that that maybe you shouldn't cut bait yet, but there's there's definitely a little bit of panic there, just considering how many mouths there are to feed on that offense. I have a question. Just to, I'll give you three receivers. You pick one who you want: Diggs, Ridley, or Hopkins. Which one would you want on your team? Ooh, Hopkins. I I I, st I still want Hopkins, and and I know I know obviously with the, you know some injury concerns, but look, Kyler and that offense, they they don't want to run the ball. They really don't. I know we got some James Conner touchdowns in there, but they 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 were they're really a pass first offense. And and DeAndre Hopkins is one of the most explosive, best wide receivers in the league. And and I I don't I don't think his uh you know the Rondale Moore's the Christian Kirk, you know, Sam was talking about Christian Kirk a little bit. I don't think those people are going to cut into DeAndre Hopkins target share as much as uh, the, the other Bills wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders with the re with the reemergence. So I, I would take Hopkins over that. I'm, I'm curious to, to know what you would do, Austin. Yeah, you know, I'm 
And that's, I'm glad you brought it up. I'm actually concerned for DeAndre Hopkins as someone that has him in leagues. I'm concerned for him because the targets, like you said, they haven't really been there this much this season. He's at like eight, six, and I don't know how many targets, but not a lot of targets. They've been throwing a lot more to Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, trying to get him involved. And maybe they're just trying to get those guys started because, you know, it's a new season. They know Hopkins. He's going to be there. He's all reliable. And sure, he has that injury that maybe that plays into concern. Little concern. If I had to choose between the three, I'm taking Stefan Diggs, guy I would argue probably on the best offense. And he plays a lot. He doesn't have to go up against, you know, the Rams, who the Cardinals have this week, which we'll talk about in a second. And then let's go get against some of those defense, even the 49ers who, you know, say what you want about them. They're not necessarily the best defense in the world. It's a little better defense. I think you can flip a coin. You can't go wrong with either of these three guys. If I had to pick one, I'd take Diggs. What about you, Sam, out of those three? Well, uh, I like Diggs or Hopkins. The one thing I'm doing is I'm not taking Ridley because I want my wide receivers on prolific offenses. Um, and right now, the Falcons just, what are they doing, right? I mean, I don't getting concerned about Matt Ryan, not really seeing the connection with Kyle Pitts. So, yeah, no, I don't really want Calvin Ridley because it's like as good as a wide receiver as he is, is that the right role for a, a hot fantasy season? I don't really think so. But then you look at the Bills and the Cardinals, they're putting up points on everybody. So I, I think Hopkins and Diggs are a wash, but miles above Calvin Ridley right now. Yeah, I agree with that. Let's move on to some big matchups for week four. We're going to start with arguably the biggest one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling, Tom Brady traveling to New England to take on the Patriots as return to Foxborough. What are you guys, are you, I mean, I, I don't have to ask you if you're excited for this game, because if you're an NFL fan, you know you're excited for Sunday night football. What are your kind of expectations for this game? I'll start with you, Logan. Uh, my expectations, what, what, what sort of odds would I get on uh, Bucks minus 21 on, on the spread? Because this isn't going to be a game. And I, 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 don't, I don't mean to like just, just poo-poo the matchup. It, it, it's a cool matchup and the narrative's cool. Tom Brady's just going to feast against that defense. And Mac Jones has not shown me a, a, a ton of uh, life. Look, this is, this is one of those, the talent on, on the Bucks are, are just going to trump New England, right? What, why did Tom Brady leave New England, right? It, they, they didn't give him a lot to work with. Now he has an embarrassment of riches on, on offense, Mike Evans, Godwin, et cetera. Is, is, I, I think when it went all said and done, this is going to be one of those, oh, it was a cool narrative game. And maybe Gronkowski catches a touchdown, spikes it in the end zone. And, and just, it's awesome. one of those, like, it's one of those old time sake kind of things, but I, I, if, I'm curious to hear what you guys are, if you guys even will think this is going to be a game. Uh, yeah. Minus 21 is only plus 400, not, not great odds, plus 430. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that right there says it all, right? No, I mean, it's, it's not going to be a game. It's, it's going to be the Tom Brady show. And I think it will certainly give him a tally in the whole uh, Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick argument um, to watch what he does this week. Because, yeah, we haven't seen enough from Mac Jones to think that it's going to be close at all. That offense can't go toe-to-toe with what the Bucs are doing. Yeah, I'm excited to see him. They should get Antonio Brown back this week, at least I would assume. So, obviously, he was missing last weekend. I'm on the same page as you. Maybe we all look like fools and Mac Jones comes out and looks awesome. But I mean, you've seen how you yeah, doubt it. I mean, it's like a see it to believe it kind of guy. I mean, you saw Mac Jones, he was completing short passes, but that's basically all the Bucks cover. They just cover short passes. Like, all right, eh, you can throw it deep, but Mac Jones has not been throwing it deep. So they're going to have to really change their game plan and say, hey, send Kendrick Bourne down deep and let him go crazy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd like that one, Logan, but I'm all in on the Bucks. Spoiler, probably will have their spread in my normal video. But moving on to another big matchup, we've kind of highlighted it throughout the week or throughout the podcast, Cardinals-Rams. Cardinals traveling 
to L.A. to take on the Rams, SoFi Stadium. Kyler Murray kind of coming up on the – he even talked about it. They had a big win. And I would say it's a big win against the Jaguars, not because it's the Jaguars and they needed – this is a win. They get this, and this is – Kyler Murray said it exactly right. This is a game they lost a couple of years ago, and I couldn't agree more. If you looked at Kyler Murray in the – I mean, what has he been? This is third year in the league. Last year they would have lost this game. They were down nine points, 19 to 10, gave up that – crazy return kick Gus Johnson absolutely still screaming probably right now <laughs> but it was this was a game they should have lost would have lost last year but I'm proud to see them get the win but they're going down Sam against your now you're a Rams and Packers fan so uh we got a big <laughs> one my friend but we'll table that for another day what are your thoughts on this game do you think the Cardinals stand a chance against the Rams your mighty Rams um, no, you know what? I tell you what, I think the Rams solidify that number one spot that right now is a little bit questionable. I think, you know, a very strong, solid performance at home. Watching Sean McVay get as excited as he got last week. I mean, he's just giddy, right? And he's doing all new things that he could never scheme with Jared Goff. And so I, I, I like the Rams right now. And I mean, no win against the Jacksonville Jaguars helps any sort of confidence. So, yeah, sure, they pulled it out, but I disagree with you on that one. So I, I like the Rams here. Not big, but convincingly. Logan, what about you? Yeah, no, I look, I when we were ta- when we look at our upset picks and I, I, I really did want to pick Cardinals. I, I, I was tempted, but I was just like, I can't see it. This this game, this game doesn't match up stylistically for the Cardinals. Well, at all. Right. The, the Rams strengths is, is their is their DBs and they're going to get get after Kyler. Right. We always say he's he's a little little guy running around. He, he's going to meet me. He's going to be meet me and all, all over the field. He, he, Aaron Donald's going to be breathing down his neck. It's not going to be a great, great. Uh, sh- probably Kyler Murray uh, showing. Right? I hope he proves us wrong. Right. I, I really do want to see somebody challenge the Rams because everybody, including you, Sam, is just ready to crown him. I want some parody, uh, and I want the Cardinals to at least give the Rams a scare uh, and, and put up a, a good performance in that. Yeah, nothing would make me happier than to come on here next Wednesday and talk about the Cardinals' big victory over the Rams. I would love cool. to do that. That would be awesome. I'd be super hyped for Kyler because I'm a big Kyler fan. love to watch him play. Cardinals are a fun team to watch, but I kind mm-hmm. of in the same boat. I do think the Rams – think the defense makes the biggest changes. It's going to come down to, the, you know, that Cardinals defense has talent. Buda Baker – Obviously, they got J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones. They got talent, but it's whether or not, you know, that comes to fruition and they can stop Matthew Stafford, who no one's been able to stop so far through three weeks. Can, can they stop Cooper Cup? That, that's what please, 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 that's all we're asking. We're not asking for much. Just stop Cooper Cup. Just don't let him run naked wide open, and I'll be happy. If it's a Robert Woods day, I'll be so happy. But Me probably too. be Cooper Cup, and you best believe I'll be. you'll be in the anytime touchdown again this week because yeah. he can cash it for the COS community. Two more games before we get into Thursday night football. Ravens-Broncos. Obviously, Ravens, a scare, to say the least. A big win against the Lions, which they can't lose that game. But Justin Tucker, an absolute legend, one of the best kickers, if not the best of all time. But as Ravens, I believe they're traveling a mile high, taking on the Broncos. What are your takeaways? Because this Broncos team is 3-0, and but they've played, let's just say, not the best teams. Their three teams they have played are all combined 0-9. Not a win on the record. Sam, what are your thoughts on this game? Because this is kind of a prove-it game for the Broncos, and I'm kind of glad that they got a prove-it game against a team like the Ravens and not, you know. I mean, the Ravens are one of the better teams in the NFL, though. What are your thoughts? Why can I just not, yeah, get very excited about that game? I don't know. I think the Broncos, like you said, what kind of team are they? When you play those teams, it just doesn't say anything about your identity. 
So I really don't know. Um, I like the Ravens just because, you know, I think we have more of a solidified offense in Lamar Jackson than what we're seeing with the Broncos. I like the Broncos defense though. So I, I could see it being that side of the ball, Ravens offense, Broncos defense that decides the game. Uh, I think I ultimately do like the Ravens, but this is, like you said, an opportunity for the Broncos to actually define themselves. Yeah, they shouldn't have to do this at 3-0, but they still do as a legitimate contender. Because right now, I think it's all up, up in the air. Yeah, look, as as somebody that watched a year of Teddy Bridgewater, I, I know some regression's coming, right? I know when he faces a, a team that knows how to scheme. And I, I'm not saying the Ravens aren't beat up defensively, but I just, I just know I need to see it. If Teddy Bridgewater beats the Ravens, now he'll finally put he'll he'll make a believer out of a lot of people. The the defense is no no question. I need to see it. Who who what was the receiver that that just went out with an injury? Was that Hamler? I believe. Yeah, Hamler's. Dead. Yeah, see, yeah, see, you hate to you hate to see uh, injuries like that. But look, I I I know I know that that Teddy's just gonna have to not be a game manager against Lamar, right? That's that's definitely uh, pressures on Teddy. Let's see what you do. This is a game I'm excited to watch. Um... I don't know what, what time it's on the one. I would assume it's a four o'clock game because it's in Denver, but it's going to be cool. I, I'm rooting for Teddy Bridgewater. Not that I hate the Ravens or anything, but it'd be cool to see Teddy, you know, finally get a chance to know shine as an NFL quarterback and hopefully find the footing and a you know, kind of a home in Denver. Cause he has not had a home really his whole NFL career. I'm kind of the same boat. I don't know. I have, I've seen Teddy, Teddy throws a belt. I've seen him. I've seen him choke these games, not look good whatsoever. There's also a Ravens team super banged up. And Lamar Jackson, he's not he, – we'll see. He hasn't played a lot of – I mean, this is a great defense. The Broncos have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Sure, they've made, you know, what Jags, Giants, and Jets look like bad offenses, which, spoiler alert, they were going to do it regardless who they played. But I'm, I'm excited to watch this game, see, you know, kind of this is like a, a test. Are the Broncos real? or are they, are they real gold or fool's gold, in my opinion? And we'll see what it is. Now, the final game, and we'll talk about this a little bit more because I'll have a full separate video on it. Raiders versus Chargers. Monday Night Football, Raiders 3-0, traveling to L.A. in SoFi Stadium again. 2-1 and Chargers. What are your thoughts on this game, Sam? I'll start with you. Who do you think is going to win this one? Well, I'll tell you what. I am a big Justin Herbert homer. I like watching him, and I think he's going to have a you know great career still in front of him. Um, but right now, I think it's Raiders. I think it's, it's fun to watch John Gruden finally have some success there after a shaky start where we didn't really realize you know, what kind of tenure he was going to have with that franchise. Um, but it's the Darren Wallace show, right? And Derek Carr is a Derek Carr that I think we haven't seen in years past. At least that's how, how the season started for him. So I like to see, you know, another explosive offensive performance from them. And, and I think they get it done. Yeah, Derek Carr's looked like that MVP Derek Carr, which is a weird sentence to say. But he was in that MVP conversation a couple of years back before. I don't remember his exact injury. It was like a shoulder or something like that. Right. right. Um, I think the Raiders are going to get slapped this game. I think they're losing this game by a big margin. Chargers, underrated defense. They obviously held the Cowboys relatively in check. If they had converted some, some even some field goals, not turned it over in the red zone, they win that game against the Cowboys. They're 3-0. and Obviously just went, took down the Chiefs, holding them to I don't know how many points. But I really like the Chargers. They're D-backs. They're defensive backs. Secondary, very good. They'll know card Darren Waller, guard Hunter Renfro, surprisingly. <laughs> Make Brian Edwards or Henry Ruggs beat you, and I bet you they won't. So I'm all in on the Chargers. I think they get a big win on Monday Night Vic, uh, Football, especially in SoFi Stadium. Logan, what are your thoughts on this one before we get into Thursday Night Football? Yeah, no, I'm I'm 100% in agreement with Austin. Yeah, I I, I think I think the Raiders are going to get uh, 
pretty waxed. I, I, I really do. Basically, when I was watching my, my Dolphins underdog pick, I was just like sitting there like, this is the Raiders team. I, I knew they were going to make it there. It shouldn't have been a game right with, with the backup quarterback for sitting there. But the, Ra the Raiders just just do some dumb Raider things. Right. They they have their they play pretty undisciplined and th their defense. I'm not. Look, I'm, I'm sold on their pass rushers, but I'm not sold on their secondary. I think Justin Herbert is going to have a really good game. Mike Williams. How about how about Mike Williams yeah. in the start of, start of the year? So, somebody named Austin uh, predicted that he was going to have a big year. Uh, Keenan, Keenan Allen. What's not the love about the Chargers? And, and Austin, you nailed it uh, right on the money when you said their defense played well against a really good offense with Dallas. You know, the play, playing playing at home. I, I like the Chargers in a, in a big way in that one. Yeah, they're right. battle tested. Played the Cowboys and the Chiefs, one of two of the better offenses, probably top five offenses in the league. No, I was just gonna say the Chargers did one thing they haven't really done in the last I don't know year and a half of watching the Chargers, which is they won a close game last week, right? I mean, they've just been known yep. historically for choking any sort of lead or any you know close game in the end. Um, it doesn't mean that this is going to be a close game, and, and yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what kind of uh, Chargers offense rolls out, but. I don't know. You beat the Chiefs. You think you're really good. But we've seen this too many times in the NFL with the parody. And now everyone thinks the Chargers are going to be the team to beat. And I don't know. Watch it be close. That's my thought. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting one to get to. Let's finish this off. Thursday night football. Got Bengals minus seven and a half versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Believe the game is in Cincinnati. I'm not 100% sure on that one. Should have looked it up. Over under 45 and a half points. Now, we, won't, we don't need to get into this. Trevor Lawrence is over under for interception set at one and a half. Just like Zach Wilson, the only two QBs with a one and a half interception, although it is good plus value. It's like plus 167, but we won't talk about that. Trevor Lawrence obviously struggled seven. I think he has seven. Don't quote me on that. I think seven interceptions so far the three weeks. Trevor, or Zach Wilson, seven as well. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? And then I want you to finish it off with a score prediction. Logan, we'll start with you. Yeah, I this. First of all, I don't love Thursday night football. I don't. I don't like seeing these teams uh, on on short rest. I, I just it's it's not it's not a great product for the NFL. Panthers, Texans. Even though I'm a Panthers fan, I didn't love what I watched. It's a low, lower quality of football. And now you get two stinky teams in here. I think Bengals Bengals should win this game just because they 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 have the better and more established quarterback. I'm I'm going 24-13. I don't see the Jags being able to put up a ton of points. And yeah, yeah, I. That I don't know what else to say more. <laughs> you don't have to say anymore, Sam. Yeah, like Bengals getting uh, T. Higgins back probably. Jamar Chase is on track, maybe offensive MVP. He's having a, a hot start to the season. I think they win handily. I like him 27-17 uh, over the Jags. Okay, and then I, I think we're all going to be riding the Bengals, but I do think I will be the only one out of us that thinks the Jags cover. Now, will I put any money on it? Absolutely not. I will not be touching that spread, but it is one of those – that, you know, you look at last week, you had Panthers versus Texans. Obviously, Panthers manhandled. Everyone, some people are on the Texans. A lot of people are on the Texans. They're like, oh, Panthers aren't that good, blah, blah, blah. And, and whether or not the Texans could have covered, regardless. I think people are going to switch flop. They're going to go to Bengals or say, this is the better team, minus seven and a half. I think the Jags coming backdoor this one, 28 to 24. I'll take the Bengals to win because they're the better team and have the better all-around team. But I think the Jags backdoor or keep this game closer. And it probably goes over because the Bengals had to make 150 tackles because I think Big Ben threw 58 times 
on Sunday. So I think the defense will be a little bit banged up. Need to get in the ice bath a little bit more, but that'll wrap it up for, for week three. I mean, this is the number five podcast. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. Obviously we'll be back next Wednesday. If you have any comments for us, leave them all down below. We'll answer all your comments. If you want to become a COS all-star, click the join button. We really appreciate it. It costs $2.99 a month and it shows all your support to not only me, Sam and Logan. We appreciate it. You guys have been the absolute best. Maybe the next time we're on here, we're at 10,000 subscribers, question mark. Who knows? You know, that would be lovely. We'll throw a party on this bad boy. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. This has been Austin, Ben Logan. This has been Sam. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace out.